Hey guys, and welcome to Fisher Philbrick The Show. This is your host, Michael, and I just want to thank you for tuning in and giving us a listen. Fisher Philbrick is a management and production company that assembles, manages, and produces both creative projects and businesses. Our first project being this podcast, The Show. And so, without further ado, let's jump right on in. Hey you guys, thanks for joining and tuning in with us for another show. We're super excited that you're here today with us. We have a really awesome business segment for you today that you are going to love. It is all about how to be the best human sponge. I know, it's pretty cool, right? Well, the question we're asking and really looking at is that question, like how can we be the best human sponge possible? But really, it's more so focused in on what we can do about this to really push ourselves forward and live the best lives we can. Whether that's in your personal life, your work life, your small business life, really there's so much around us that we just soak right on up. And we're gonna talk about that today in pretty good depth. So it should be really exciting. And I have been interested in this topic the last few weeks when examining my own life, really looking into it and seeing like, what am I doing in some of these different areas? And I thought it would be a good discussion to really start because I think there's so much to this that I think would be fun to like loop around in, you know, the coming months or even years to be like, hey, let's check back in and see how this is going. But all to say, I am going to share some stories from my own life in regards to this because I do think that is one of the best ways to really bring topics to life and to really share what I've learned and it really then opens up your own mind and gets the idea starting on your end of like, whoa, I've seen something similar. Or wait, did he just say that? I've seen that as well. (laughs) So I think all around it will be very helpful. But the overall premise as we get into this is it's, you know, it's one you've likely heard and have grown up with, but it's that idea that we are who we hang out with who we spend the most time with, who we seek out, what we listen to, what we watch, and what we consume digitally, and even more literally and what we actually put in our bodies, such as food and drinks. All interesting and applicable to you, right? (laughs) Right, yes, yes, of course. So let's jump into some of these premises and get them going. To start with this, I thought it would be best to start, like, go as far back as you possibly can because I think maybe some people may be thinking, like, we're not human sponges, we don't, I I know everything I'm putting in my body and I do it all consciously. Well, we are going to show you today how that probably isn't the case and, hey, let's start back when you were a little child, a baby, a kid, growing up. I think that is so, like, whoa, once you look there, you're like, okay. I'm starting to see how this works. But when you were a baby, a little kid, or if you know little kids in your life, how do they learn to speak? How do they learn to act? Why are they acting this way? Why are they acting that way? What leads them to doing almost everything they do in those first few years when they're growing up? Most likely and typically, they're getting all of this from their family, from listening, watching, mirroring, mimicking, all until they start doing these things on their own. But then is it really them doing this or is it just stuff that they've picked up from you? (laughs) I don't know, you know, that's something to start thinking about. But other instances within this are like accents. That is super fascinating. If you grew up in one country and your family talked a certain way, or even you grew up in a family that was in a different country, but you were with your family so much during those years that you just pick up their accent. And that's something that 
later in life it can fade or you know you can pick up new accents based on where you're at but within that different terms and idioms all come from where you grew up and where you spent the most time and i know in america we all speak english hooray but have you been to the different coasts have you been in between the two coasts because there are so many places that speak so differently i know we have family in south carolina and one of so we went and visited probably when i was in middle school and they had friends over that were like born and bred there and the guy was trying to say like you can't go swimming in the pole and he kept saying that and we were like what is he saying a pole a swimming pole a pole what is this but there was a big storm going on because they have storms in the summer weird and you couldn't get in the swimming pool is what we eventually learned he was trying to say but it wasn't pool it was pole swimming pole and so even stuff like that i was like i've grown up speaking english my whole life and granted i was maybe 12 11 12 13 but you know i should know the language and that was something i was like oh weird i don't know what he's saying so even in that you'll see like different places around your own home country they speak differently there's different dialects different ways people talk and so that is basically where you grew up and who you spent the most time with so that alone i think is a great way to start and really have you start thinking too like weird where did i grow up what are things that i say that you know distinguish me from this area i know for a long time even you know, if you were where I'm at, which is the Bay Area, compared to down in LA, they will put a the in front of the highway. So we're getting on the 405, which is a freeway down there. But then as soon as you're up here, you would just say we're getting on 101, taking it to 87 to 280, whatever you need to do. But you can tell if someone is saying we're getting on the 87 or the 101, you're like, oh, have you spent a lot of time in Southern California or are you from there? Of course, things like that change because that was more in the past. I think now it's starting to bleed in. But that could also be because maybe a lot of people from down south have made their way up here. And we're going to talk about that, how the people you spend your time with, that's how you slowly start to suck in all of these things. But as far as when you're a kid and growing up, I think, you know, it is more so on the good side and just really a reality of how things are. So like you can't choose your family, you can't choose the area you grew up in. You know, these are all things that were just there when you were born and as you were growing up. And it's really made you who you are today if you look back and start putting the pieces of the puzzle back you're like whoa weird or oh that's why i talk like that that's why it took this many years to try to get rid of an accent or to speak clearly or to not mumble or whatever it is that you're around that and i think that is so prevalent and it's so easy to see in kids and it's something that i will be seeing very soon with my niece lydia she's a little over a year old is beginning to talk and that is always super fun once you have those real life examples of like a little human they are learning like they have been watching intently and listening and picking up all of these details and now they're about to learn how to speak so it will now be thrown back at you <laughs> so i think that is all really fun but from here let's jump ahead because we have i think a pretty good foundation of like okay yeah that makes sense like as little kids and and that's what people will say their their minds are little sponges just soaking up all of the <laughs> the information around them and why it's so good to be in school and to be alerting when you are younger i mean not as a baby but you know your brain is there and we are designed and created to like 
be able to hold and contain and take in all this new information that will be with us for the rest of the life. So how cool is that? But let's jump ahead a couple years to keep us going down this line. So for my own life and bringing this back around once again to that, I would say that it was probably around like middle school that a lot of us were getting into sports extracurriculars and I did go to a small Christian school where almost all of my classmates and friends I mean I think my graduating class was maybe 30 between 30 to 40 so not over 40 for sure but I don't think under 30 so it was a pretty tight group of us so like maybe you weren't friends with everyone but you knew everyone very well and almost all of us like a majority did extra curricular events a majority of us did band or choir so we played instruments and sang most of us did both and then all of us did at least one sport if not multiple sports and maybe even theater i did a combination of kind of all of those things i played the trumpet i joined choir i think my sixth grade year i did not really like that <laughs> during that time i started theater Stuart little was my first one i've talked about that on an episode and then Charlie Brown was my seventh grade year, Aslan in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was my eighth grade, and then I did, I think, my first year basketball and volleyball, and then by seventh grade, I believe I cut out basketball and was just doing volleyball full-time as my sport, so I was doing a lot, and so did even my siblings with choir singing the jazz band, like, so much, and sports thrown into that, so that was kind of like how we grew up, and was just kind of a normal thing like that's just what you do <laughs> you know of course that's what the kids around you are doing that's what your friends are doing and really i mean at a small school you kind of need everyone <laughs> to participate i'm just thinking of that now like you need a majority of kids to participate because you don't have a lot of kids to pull from so it's more like when you get to high school and you're like okay there are too many kids we need to cut some people off where this was like you made it on the team. Congratulations, you showed up. Yay. <laughs> Good for you. But kind of what I saw as we grew up from this, which I think is the most impactful and something that's really interesting as we keep going, and it's that the kids who did these events, extracurriculars, and grew up together, you know, we all tended to do similar activities in high school. So those of us who did sports and instruments and performing and theater and singing, most of us also continued that trend on high school. We hung out with people within those groups, which makes sense. If you're, you know, playing volleyball, then what's the next step? Awesome. I can't wait to get to high school. I'm going to play volleyball. We're going to be even better and I'm going to get better. I'm going to hang out with the athletes or, you know, theater. I did a ton of theater. So hanging out with a bunch of theater kids. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> but these activities overall pushed us into finding areas of interest both in high school and then as we were leaving high school, which I would say kept us out of trouble for the most part because it then propelled us into college and the careers that we then followed. And of course, that isn't the case for everyone. So I'm sure there are some people I went to school with that did sports and all that. And then they, you know, started getting into trouble in high school and then maybe didn't go to college. And not that you had to go to college, but, you know, just looking at the trajectory, not everyone would have made that. But thinking back to my friends that I was personally friends with, a lot of us followed kind of that same path. And it's very weird to be like, oh, weird. So we all went to this little Christian school. Then we went to a Christian high school, which was a lot bigger, but we all kind of stayed doing the same things. And then we went to college. Some people went on to get their master's, working jobs, you know, like, whoa, we all made it, <laughs> you know, like compared to, I know 
either other, you know, a lot of other people I've talked to that just barely finished high school and they barely did this and they had trouble with drugs and alcohol and all of this, or they have a bunch of kids with different people, <laughs> you know, the, the gates are wide open to what could have happened. But I think that is very interesting to be like, whoa, we, we all kind of ended up in similar areas. And the, I would say what I noticed from the high school, like thinking back, those kids in high school that say weren't part of our school and, you know, from there, but just normal kids at the high school, those who didn't do these extracurriculars were much more prone to being the party people, to drinking drugs and all around making decisions that were probably not in their best interest and in helping towards their future. And I know even some of, a lot of times these people were like the popular people. And I was always like, what do you do? Like you, you don't do any extracurriculars, but you're on the social ladder, like very high up. But then when school ends, we all go off to do, you know, our sports or activities. And they're just like hanging around. I'm like, weird. I, I still think that is pretty weird. But all to say in college, I took a health class and I did a report on kids and gang activity. And I'm not really sure why I chose that topic or how it related. So yeah, that happens a lot. I'm like, I don't remember why we did this, but this is what I did a report on. And I'm so glad I did because it was so eye-opening and so interesting. And it's that most kids joining gangs were because their parents were working. So both parents had to work to support the family and they were not home. And they had nowhere to go after school, nothing to do. I mean, they could go home, but are you gonna go home to an empty house where you probably don't have food, it's boring, especially if you're an only child or you have to pick up a sibling, like, no. That's not going to be interesting. So eventually, a lot of these kids would hang out with kids outside of school that were just, you know, on the streets messing around. And that would eventually pull them into the gangs or gang life or just a, down a path that maybe they weren't in a gang, but they were affiliated or associated with people in a gang. And that to me was crazy that like, well, they have studies and data on this that show like kids who aren't doing these extracurriculars that don't have a place to go between when school ends and when parents come home for dinner, they are the ones most prone and at the most like, oh my gosh, look out for them because there's such a high chance that they could be pulled into this sort of lifestyle, which will last mostly the rest of their lives. And if you look into studies about the average lifespan of how long gang members live. I don't remember the exact date, but it is not very long. I think a lot of them barely make it to their 30s and maybe it was mid 20s. I don't know, it's it's really shocking when you think of like their whole rest of their life, they're gonna be in that, but guess what? Their life isn't gonna be very long because the lifespan is not good. It's not a good lifestyle. However, in this report and as I was like researching it, there are organizations out there that are set up to be an after-school safe place for these kids and safe in that it will be a place for them to do positive things such as these extracurriculars I mentioned that we did at my school. And so instead of getting in trouble, they can try new sports. They can try singing groups or dancing groups or they, a lot of times they call them clubs. So you're like, I'm in the singing club or the dancing club. And that was something that was very shocking because I was very, you know, I'm very grateful that I had the chance to go to a school that had those after school sports and everything, but not every school has that. Not every school has the funding for that. Or if you really look into a lot of public schools, a lot of funding can be taken and a lot of it goes first to the fitness and the health and all these extra things. You know, the name literally says extra curricular. So if they're gonna cut money, they're probably gonna get rid of the extra stuff first 
and then just focus on the what's what's the opposite of extracurricular just curriculum yeah that's what it is but even then like I don't know. We it's probably another topic, but do you know what they're actually teaching? What are they learning? Like kids I went to school with, we went on to college and my GE classes I thought were so easy and kids that had gone to public school were like this is so hard. And I was like, "Really? I thought high school was way harder. This is actually a huge relief to come to college and be like, "Phew, I have to try <laughs> much less harder. I have to write less papers. I don't have to do homework every day. Like high school, I had to do homework every day, plus all the different things I was doing. All to say though, they have these organizations that come in and do that because they were seeing like, well, we have the data that shows like that this is a trouble time, like a very, I don't remember the name, but it's like a, it's a danger zone, <laughs> the danger time for kids. So if they can come in these nonprofits and set up camp either at the school or a lot of times at community centers, they'll have these. And the goal is to bring them in to create a space where they can gain some of these skills that will push them further in life. Because someone who plays an instrument, say when they are younger, will go on to probably play that in high school. And then you're surrounded by bandmates. And sure, like kids are kids and they're going to get into trouble. But the trouble, I would say, would be less on the intense and like, boom, you're in a gang shooting people or, you know, doing hardcore drugs, all of that. Most likely you'll keep on doing that instrument. If you're really like into it, interested with it and good at it, you have the possibility to get scholarships that will push you to college. All of these things that can open up just because you know, this organization created a way for them to do that. And really by the time the after school thing is over, the timing should be so that is by the time the parents are likely getting off of work so they can either pick them up from there or the kids can walk home and by the time they're home, their parents will be there. So a big part of it was, you know, the parents are not home, the kids are left to themselves, kids need to be supervised, they need to be, you know, they're still in such an important time at that point in their life. And I think the paper I focused in on were kids from 11 to 13. So that is kind of middle school. And when you think of an 11, 12 and 13 year old, getting started in a gang, like that is just insane. And if they make it to their early 20s, that's like a decade of doing just awful things, things that are not good for them and that will give them a shorter life. So knowing that in like the first few hours after school, that to me was just so impactful, like, whoa, just seeing that then looking back at my own life and seeing like, whoa, we all did instruments, we did sports, we did plays. And like, I think that really protected us. Of course, the schools we went to made a difference too, but you can still find bad apples among <laughs> good schools. So, and I think that was the case with people, as I mentioned, who didn't do these things. And so that alone is like, whoa, that's so cool to think about how all these things were one, like protecting me from other lifestyles that could have soaked up and I could have brought in for me. But it also makes me so grateful because it really pushed me to do so much more in life with the things I did with music and learning the piano and performing and songwriting and writing a musical and getting into art and the children's book, like everything so much came out of those formative years in my life of doing these after school activities, these extracurriculars. So if you are a kid yourself listening, which I, you know, from the stats we have for the show, I think we do not have many kids listening. But if you have kids, I would push you and urge you like, of course, you don't want to force your child to do something they don't want to do, but really open up the conversation of like, what are things they could be doing after school to build good relationships with peers, their own age that will get them interested in other things in their life. Because 
Like I didn't continue playing basketball, but I still know enough about basketball where I can still pick up the ball and play one-on-one with my friend when we went camping this past summer. We played one-on-one and I was like, oh, I haven't played. I haven't shot a basketball in so many years, but you know what? Let's go. I have some background somewhere in this, (laughs) in me. So I think that was just so cool. And in high school, I actually was a part of a Bible outreach class and we did these similar activities with kids at an after-school club. And I was like, whoa. So we were actually helping them so much more than I thought. Like I I think the one I did was a dance class, which, you know, is funny because I didn't ever do dance, but I think they just needed more people. And with kids learning to dance, it wasn't like we just learned a routine. There was a a woman, a girl, because we were kids then, that was a dancer. And so she choreographed something. So it was mostly just us learning it and dancing it with the kids, I think. But knowing like back then we were just like oh this is like a fun class to take so we don't have to do as much (laughs) book work but now thinking back like whoa this could have saved them and rerouted their whole entire lives for propelling them into a future that they may not have had the chance to get which man that is insane so i think you know we go from the kids to then more of those formative years and your like pre-teens or into your teenage years and just seeing like well, we're really soaking up so much. And at the time, you know, we can't go back now. So however your life was, you know, that's just how it was. But hopefully it is helpful to see in your own life, like why you may have ended up going a different path you went down. But I think encouraging to see for those young people in your life, or if you have kids of your own, of how putting the extra time in to volunteer at after school events to really pour into mentoring young kids, it will have such a big difference in their life. You don't even know and you may not know right then or even years after, but you don't need to know. But, you know, like you don't need them to, I should say, you don't need them to say like, wow, you did so much to help me. But I would just say you never know until you start hearing these stories of the kids that are impacted by their coaches, their teachers, those who took the time and the extra effort to pour into them when say their parents were at work and they couldn't be there because they're trying to get money to pay for the house and food, you know, like they're doing the best they can. So we do need people to come alongside and help the community out, help each other out. I think that is so awesome when you have the opportunities to do that and even more so when you can actually take the steps out there to do so. But with that, let's jump on to our Next section, which is focus now, kind of as we're getting older. So we focus on kind of the more early years. Now let's focus on who you hang out with, because I think that is a big one. Okay, and so I know you've probably heard this, but we do have to mention it, that they say, don't you know, they say that you become who the worst people of the group are, the majority of the group. So you might be doing well, have everything in order, but if you're hanging out with people that are living a completely different life than you, you are not going to bring them up to your level. Instead, they are going to bring you down to their level. They're going to drag you down no matter what. Rather though, with the people you hang out with, you should be looking for people better than you that are at higher levels, something that can bring and pull you upwards, not pull you down. Because here are some like little things, unmotivated people, if that's who you're hanging out with, guess what? You are going to lose your motivation and you're going to become just like them. Boring people, the same. (laughs) No direction in life, bad moods and attitudes all the time. These things do slowly start to seep into you and they start to change you. And it is important that, you know, this is not something that you are consciously trying to become. You're not making the decision like, oh, I'm just hanging out with my friends. They just happen to be 
have bad attitudes, be unmotivated, have no direction in life, and are, you know, just kind of boring in life. But they're my friends, and I'm not going to become like them. I'm not trying to become with them. I'm just there because I'm their friends. You know, that's what we do. Well, guess what? Even with those good intentions, they start to seep in. All of those things of the people you hang out with, if they are not there to push you forward, then most likely they will either hold you back or worse, drag you down <laughs> to their level, which is very scary when you think about it. But just knowing that like, it's not like people all around the world are thinking like, I'm gonna become like them or the people I hang out with. It really does just happen slowly over time. How they speak, if they're swearing and using bad language in an appropriate language, the same will come into your language as well. I have an example of even stuttering. I worked with a, he was an architect, but was with a neighbor, he was building a deck, they needed an assistant. So I was there helping build a deck. I think I was also probably in maybe late middle school or early high school, it was during the summer, but the guy had a stutter. And after working with him for, I think it was one or two weeks, I started to find that I was starting to stutter and I don't have a problem with stuttering. I've never stuttered. I did go to speech therapy for mispronouncing like certain words when I was younger, but never was there ever an issue with stuttering. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm spending the majority of my days with this guy. And he was stuttering a lot. Like that was just how he spoke. And it was slowly seeping into my own language that when I would talk back to him, I, I, I would start like that. And I was like, Michael, what's wrong with you? You know how to speak? <laughs> don't start that. So even that was so unconscious. There's no way that I would want to ever speak with a stutter. And, you know, it's very hard for those that have stutters to get out of that. But I was starting to see like, whoa, that is insane. That unconsciously, I'm not even trying to, I'm just hanging out with this guy a lot as we're working together. And I am starting to pick up his bad habits. And not to say it is a bad habit because, you know, some people are born with that. So Forgive me for that, but you know, a habit that I did not want to pick up was something that I was picking up. So all to the same for the people you hang out with. Maybe, you know, you don't swear and you speak very well and you think the people you hang out with swearing all the time, don't worry, I won't. Well, guess what? You will, <laughs> you will. And I have a note of like, does a sponge have the decision to not absorb what it is put on? No, it doesn't. The sponge is put there and sucks it right on in <laughs> and so is the case with us as humans in most cases you know not always but i would say most cases we don't really have that decision it just is how it happens so all the more important to know like hmm how are the people speaking around you i know an example from my morning job a lot of us we do have a smaller crew so a lot of us work together and just all the time and you do start to see how people start like grabbing other people's languages, the terms they use, and then they start using them. And an example, like one person, they're not even there now, but they would always do that, bye, like that thing, which was a huge like social media, I think TikTok thing, I don't know, bye Felicia, like all of that. And they would, bye, and then all of a sudden, all the females on staff, when they would leave, or if I would leave and they'd say goodbye, they're like, bye, and I'm like, oh, this is from that one person, you never said that before. Or another person, a response they'll use is just like, that's fair. And you know, personally, I don't understand that response. It's like a, a very like hands off, like you, you're not agreeing, you're not disagreeing, you're just in the middle. And does that help a conversation go on? No, it doesn't. And would you say that's unfair? 
if you didn't like it? I don't think so. So I, I don't really understand that phrase in general. But one person started using that, like that's just how they spoke. And then I'm starting to hear when I'm talking to other people, I tell them a story or like a, a view or thought and they're like, that's fair. And I'm like, no, don't you start saying that too. You never spoke like that. You don't even know what that means. There's no way <laughs> that you just like slowly brought that in. But rather it was because we were all hanging out, all working together, not hanging out, but like when you work together, you talk a lot with the people. So that is very interesting when you start to see that. And I know like you could probably see that too with the people you work with. Either you start speaking like them or they start speaking like you. And all of a sudden you're like, who's speech was this you know like where do we pick up these things and it's all collective you're all just soaking it up but as we keep going music and television i would say are the same you watch a genre enough and it will enter into how you think and then how you eventually speak and i did want to highlight that thinking is so important because what you think will eventually come out in your words and in your actions so even if you haven't acted on it yet or you haven't said anything yet in regards to what you're soaking up just beware that if you're thinking it, it's almost too late. <laughs> you know, you can work hard to get it out of your mind, but if you're already thinking like that, say when it comes to the music or the television you're you're watching, if you're already thinking about all that, most likely it is gonna seep right on out. You're gonna be speaking like that and maybe even change up some of your actions and how you act towards other people. Here are some though examples I've seen in my own life, kind of like walking through these somewhat quickly to get through them. And I know you're like, haven't you been sharing about your life this whole time? Yeah, yes I have. But here are some more further examples because I think you'll learn a lot more about me, but also as we look at like, how can we be the best human sponge? These are things that I've found to make myself better and so that I can push myself forward. And that's what we're hoping you are able to do today too, to move yourself forward in your life, your business, your small business, wherever you are, this is what you're wanting to do. So these are some good mindsets to get yourself into, whether or not you agree with these particular things that I'm sharing that I do, it that, you know, that doesn't matter, but you need to create these for yourself because that is how you're gonna start being able to decide and figure out like, what am I taking in? Where am I going? <laughs> what am I doing? The first one I would say is rap music. And I wanted to share why I don't listen to it. I did have someone at work ask me like, oh, do you like rap music? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't stand it. And they're like, why, why not? And you know, I told them at the time, and this is what I would tell you and really anyone that in general, they are very angry. So not all rap, but a lot of rap comes from anger, being upset, being bitter, being hurtful or harmful towards other people, dissing other people, coming after other people, talking about humans in very vulgar and inappropriate ways, talking about sleeping around, just the amount of swearing that's in it. All of this is combined in a majority of the genre. Sure, that is not everywhere. Besides all of those things, I like melodic music, so songs that are catchy with a melody, actual singing. So that is on that side, if you're like, but there are, you know, Christian rappers or clean rappers. I'm like, yes, it goes further beyond that. So it's not just that, but the majority of what I've shared of what is in, you know, a bulk of rap music, that is in there. That is what you're putting into you. And I just don't think that's good. If you wanna be happy, upbeat, encouraging, motivated, inspired, 
Do you want to listen to some angry man in your headphones shouting at you and how this person cheated with them, but they're going to get them back and they are just, you know, dehumanizing women and so much that's in there. Do you want to be listening to that? Is that how you're going to treat your female friends or your future wife or the people around you, your coworkers? Do you want to act like that to speak like that? I would hope the answer would be no. I don't think anyone should. And I know I had a friend growing up when we were in middle school, he was getting really into like rap music and you could just see the swearing that started and the, even for myself, if we listen to it, like you just start thinking and swearing in your mind and then what do you know? Next thing you're speaking that way. So those are examples that I've seen just from the music you've listened to and that it is a big deal what you are listening to. People will say, oh, it's just music, it's just this, it's just that. But no, <laughs> what are they speaking? What are the meanings behind this? Because if you are a sponge, which is what we're talking about, and <laughs> kind of we've we've already dived into that. So yes, we'll just say if you are a sponge, you are soaking those things up. And do you want that to be coming out in your life? Probably not. Maybe some of you that is okay, but I've worked with so many people, and when you get to even just being a professional. You can't speak like that. If you want to be in front of people, you need to cut out the bad language, the innuendos, the sexual talk, the vulgar talk, the like discriminate, <laughs> the discriminating talk, the racist talk, all of that. You can't speak like that. And if you're listening to that, it's going to be so much harder. So even if you don't agree with that thing, then it can still seep in. And it's so much harder when you get to a point in your life when you need to stop talking that way. Or I know a lot of people will say once they had kids, the kids pick up that because go all the way back half an hour ago, we talked about the kids mimic things. So if they're hearing that music or hearing you swear because you've surrounded yourself with that in your shows or music, they are also going to pick up on that. Do you want a cute little kid with a filthy mouth? <laughs> Probably not. They are funny on social media when you see it, but if you think like that was your own kid, you're like, no soap in the mouth, spank your butt, <laughs> which are we even allowed to do that these days? Oh no, call child protective services. Uh, <laughs> but that's enough on the music. If you did want ways though to get around that, I would say one of the most helpful things on Spotify is that they have a feature where you can hide explicit songs. So I realized in a lot of playlists I would listen to, I'd skip it anytime I knew there was like a really explicit song, which is like bad taste or bad words or bad themes. And with that button, it actually hides them from all the playlists. So as you're going through the playlist and it's just shuffling, it will automatically skip that. So boom, there's your first step. If you're like, how do I start this? There you go. <laughs> you can hide the explicit songs. Kind of a funny story when we're coming to like w watching stuff on TV or Netflix back in college. So early college before I was lifeguarding, I got a job at the local paintball place, which is on the county fairgrounds as being a zombie, a paintball zombie. It was around the holiday Halloween. So it was about a month and a half to maybe two months that I worked. So just a short term, like pick up a gig type of job. And there was a trailer ride and the trailer had paintball guns on them. People paid to go on the ride. It would drive around. And then people like myself, we were dressed in like hockey gear with like extra, extra, extra large clothes over it and a paintball mask with a Halloween mask over that, a zombie mask. We would come running at the trailer and then they would have to shoot us. And after so many shots, we would fall down and pretend to be dead, which now that I think of it, I'm like, zombies don't die that early. You would have to like chop off their head, <laughs> but it was brutal. Some of like, you had to know the right way to fall. You had to fall on your knees. 
and then fall down with your front side facing them because your back had no protection on it. And a lot of new people didn't know that, so they would fall face down or with their back showing, and the people would keep shooting you when you were dead because they thought it was funny. A lot of it, it had to be at nighttime, so a lot of people had been drinking or were going out drinking, and who knows, they could have been smoking stuff too. So they thought it was funny to keep on shooting a dead zombie in quotes, and so many people got really bad welts, or they quit. So many people quit. So I stayed the whole time, so anytime a new person would come, I would say like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to die correctly. <laughs> Because there is an art to, you know, if you want to stay the whole round for being a zombie, there is an art to this. We will die correctly. But at that time, I was working that. That was most evenings, maybe just Thursday through Saturday, I think, from whenever it started getting dark. So maybe 6, 7 to, I think, midnight. So we were there a long time. I think one time to even 2 o'clock because they were like, let's extend the hours. Ha ha ha. So I was doing that. And then at the same time, I was watching The Walking Dead which if you didn't know, is also a zombie, like post-apocalyptic show. And so I was watching a show on zombies and then I was being a zombie. And then guess what? All throughout the night, my dreams were just filled with zombies. I was I was a human at least, but I was running away from zombies. I was almost being eaten. Family and friends were being killed by zombies. So they were just, it was a mess. It was just like nightmares and nightmares. And I wake up, I was like, I can't escape zombies. Like I'm watching it, I'm acting it, I'm living it in my dreams. Like what is the next thing that can happen? And around that time, or maybe shortly after that, I was rollerblading super early to go down to the pool. So maybe it was after, but they, a homeless guy like jumped out and tried to spin kick me off my blades. And I just felt like he was a zombie and all the homeless people that were coming out of the river, like just imagine zombies. So it went even further from then, from just that time in life. But so much that I was putting into myself was around zombies. And I was like, okay, step one, we need to stop watching the zombie show. It is gross. It is, you know, a lot of times very violent. They kill a ton of people. The one that really disturbed me was when they were they showed cannibalism of eating a guy who wasn't a zombie, who was alive. And that to me, I was like, nope, we're done. We're done watching the show. And I haven't watched another one <laughs> since then. But for me, that was a huge thing of knowing like, what am I putting into me, into my mind, into what I'm consuming? Because it was coming out in my dreams. And that's not something I could really have control over. You know, I couldn't tell myself, stop dreaming about zombies. And once I stopped that, you know, I eventually the job ended. I stopped watching the zombie show. I no longer dream of zombies, so hooray. <laughs> On the show though, you know, what you're watching does permeate through you and you do absorb that. So watch what you're watching. It does make a big difference. Nowadays though, when people ask like, what do I watch for fun? I just watch cartoons. Anime is the more correct term, but they are much lighter. There's usually less violence, less blood. You know, most of them, they fight and they, it would have killed a normal human and they just have like scratches on their face. I'm like, oh, that's so much nicer to see instead of arms and heads getting chopped off or kicked across the screen. They are typically less intense, really more lighthearted and better for myself to consume in just that it is fun. They go on adventures, there's a journey, there's some action and fighting, but it's not the whole thing because there are animes that are super violent and bloody and just, I'm like, why would I watch this? They're just killing people all over. So I turn those off and I don't watch them. I've actually gotten better at figuring out like, this one looks like it's a very violent one. So we're gonna skip it. But I found that for myself to be very helpful. At the same time, I was, 
at the time working at a startup. So this was kind of post-college and I was in customer service. Life was very stressful, dealing with angry people all the time and a community manager where people just need you every second of the day. They just want this and this and this and they, it takes a lot out of you. So I was like, I don't even have the broadband, like the, the width in my life to bring on more stress in the shows I watch. So that was also a part of it too of like, I don't need more stress and drama and chaos. I need something simple, lighthearted cartoons. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> From here though, mindless scrolling on social media, something that we've probably all done, but I've just found it really seems to like numb your brain and kill your creativity. I talk a lot about this in episode number four called Plug Into Your Creativity by Unplugging From Electronics. And I think for myself, this one will always be a challenge and kind of for all of us in just the life we're living today of having phones at our beck and call all the time it's always on you you're always if you're sitting you're scrolling on something here scrolling on something there but i saw it myself it did create someone who could not create as much as i should be able to was less creative whereas in the episode i talk about i started turning my phone off after dinner so between dinner and bedtime i wasn't on my phone I was able to create a children's coloring book. I was able to do so much more. My drawings were good enough to do something with where before I would just delete them or erase them and I would like waste time in between scrolling and drawing. So <laughs> I think that is another one of like, what are you scrolling through and whether the content is being taken in that like habit of just sitting and scrolling and staring and scrolling. That I think is not very healthy <laughs> either. And I've seen it does create a different person when you are sucked into your phone 24 seven, whether that's for myself or the people around me or the people I work with, the attention is not there. You can talk and they are not listening, even though they say they are. So that alone is like, whoa, that's another thing that you kind of soak up if you're just doing this all the time. And it's really just what you're consuming and then what you're becoming from a lot of these things. If <laughs> you didn't pull that together, a few more though, hanging out with friends. I think it was around college when I was thinking through this episode. That was when I stopped really bringing friends over to the house to hang out with. You know, growing up in this, the first two schools I did, we were all close-knit. We kind of grew up the same, had the same values, morals, Christians, did a lot of activities, didn't get into trouble. So those people, it made sense, would all come over. We'd have birthday parties, times to hang out. And then as I got to college, less and less people that I could find <laughs> that kind of lined up with, you know, those morals and values and really where I wanted to go in life. Because, you know, you can understand you can be friends or have relationships with people that are not little clones of you or <laughs> clones that are ahead of you. But in general, I feel like you should be finding good people to hang out with. And if you can't find them, why would you invite them over? Why would you bring them to, you know, one of your safest spots in your life, which is typically your house or your bedroom, wherever you're living, like that is and should be a place of like solitude and rest and recovery where you feel safe and you can, you know, get prepared to go out and do whatever you need to do next. So like, oh, it kind of made sense why not many people were coming over or why I would just have like one or two friends and just hang out a lot with them. And I think that is so interesting to see in my own life. I'm like, oh, Maybe that's why I just couldn't find people <laughs> that, you know, not to say that they weren't out there, but they weren't not, I guess, in the groups that I was hanging out with or working with. And even in most of the jobs I've had, people tend to want to hang out outside of work. And I typically don't. One, because I've, I work a lot of jobs. So I'm like, this is not my only thing to do. I have many jobs after this and I'm tired. I don't want to hang out with people <laughs> typically. But I think also part of it is the same reason. A lot of people have my morning job 
And this was before things locked down. They all wanted to go out and get drinks. And I don't drink alcohol, not for any religious reason or, you know, it's just a personal decision. I don't drink and I don't want to drink and I don't want to get into drinking. And what do you do if you keep spending time at a bar, you're going to start drinking. If your friends smoke, those zombie people that I mentioned, almost all of them smoked. And I knew that if I stayed and got a job working for them, I would become a smoker because that's part of their culture. That's part of what they did. It was very normal and there was an outdoor place. So you would, hey, you got a cigarette? Cool. Yeah, let's hang out. Let's walk around the course while we're smoking. And that to me was terrifying. I was like, oh, gross, get out of this. And I think that is very important as you're looking at the people you do hang out with. And for me and the people I worked with, I was like, we can work well together. I will be nice. We'll be friends at work. But besides that, like I need to be very careful with my personal time and those who I hang out with and really looking for those that are on the same track as I am in life and where I'm headed. And that will look different for all of you listening <laughs> for where you want to go in your life, who you should be hanging out with. But for me, that has been a big thing. And I think it's so important because if you haven't noticed yet, you do really start to become the people you hang out with. So if you know from the start, like, oh, they have some qualities that I don't think would be good in my life, maybe it is better to take a step back. You know, still, if you're working with them, be professional, be nice, be kind. You can still do all those things that you would have in a normal friendship, but you have boundaries and you don't step past this or we don't talk about that or we don't hang out afterwards because it's something you want to protect yourself from. Boom, that's what you could do. <laughs> and then kind of my last example as in we head towards the end of the show is just about the young adult group at my church that I've been going to. I've mentioned it a lot on the Monday morning shows. I went on a camping trip and a beach trip, but I didn't really enjoy them that much. And I finally figured out why. And I know I kind of talked on those shows about why, but I think with this episode and really what I had been thinking about, it really all comes down to this and that they are like many, many years younger, like a whole decade younger, and they're really just in a different spot in life. So age doesn't really matter when I say they're young because one of my very good friends, Jordan, he is also less than a decade, but right around that time, <laughs> much younger. But his track that he's on, his morals, his values, his maturity, it's more in line with where I'm at and where I'm going. And we're both pushing each other forward in life in our dreams, aspirations, careers, family lives, all of that. Whereas the majority of the people at this group, I was having a hard time finding that. So age doesn't matter, but I would say maturity does. And right now I'm in the midst of working a morning job, side jobs all over the place, running and trying to build this business here with Fisher Philbrick, potentially starting a new business in a few months, all while saving for a house so I can move out of the family's house once I get married. But hey, get married. Yeah, I'm also looking for a wife and preparing to have a big family with lots of kids and hopefully start an attraction farm five to 10 years down the line. So wow, I've got a lot I want to do and where I'm headed. And the majority of the people at this young adult group, they just couldn't relate and really just in a different spot completely. And is that a fault to them? No. No, it's not. So it's nothing against the group. It's just you see like there are different times and groups when the, the trend changes, I guess you could say. And they're just people that are in different areas. Although, so what I've realized through all this, if you're like, well, what are you going to do? I realize what I need is to be with those either at the same level of life as me, or really those that are a few years ahead of me, those that I can follow after, ask questions to, and really see an example of what they've done with their life as they are ahead of me, both the good and bad, and just get the honest feedback of like, here's what I did. Here's what I would advise you against, or here's what you 
should do when it comes to these areas in your life of all those that I just mentioned, of where I'm headed and where I want to go. So I decided that I'm kind of like graduating myself out of the young adult group, even though technically I'm still a young adult and I'm going to start this week the men's Bible study at the church. And it's going to be with a lot of older people. I know my brother-in-law was like, they're all in their 40s. And I'm like, that's okay. At this point, they're probably married. They have kids. They have jobs and careers. And I would rather be with people who are older than me that I can learn from than younger than me who are like, I just graduated high school. I'm like, oh gosh, you have so much of life to keep going. <laughs> and again, nothing is wrong with that. But I, I just saw that and was like, okay, I need to make this decision. I need to go on to the next part in life. And I would say it is nerve wracking and a bit scary, but at the same time, aren't most things in life, you can't be comfortable and expect things to change and just get better on their own, right? Yeah. Instead, you have to branch out and take control of your own life, making conscious decisions of what you surround yourself with, which all of that then leads to closing this up, kind of putting this now on yourself of who are you surrounding yourself with? Who do you spend the most of your time with? Are these people a good influence on you? Do they inspire, motivate, and push you to be the best version of yourself? And from there, like, who are the people in your life that you need to maybe phase out? And I know that is super tricky and it's much harder to do than it sounds. Like, it sounds so easy. Like, yeah, there's some people that you just need to get rid of them. <laughs> like, get them out of your life. But I say phase because it can be done in phases so that you don't just abruptly leave and ghost them. But just kind of seeing, like, as you're figuring out, who am I hanging out with now? Who should I be hanging out with? Okay, let's start hanging out with them. And then typically, I feel like people, you just kind of get that feeling like, oh, you're kind of in a different spot right now. Yeah, like nothing wrong against you, but you know, this, this is just how life is going. And within that too, though, some questions of like, who's holding you back that you've known about and that you do need to just like branch out and be brave with making these decisions. So in my case, like, it is leaving the comfortable young adult group, which I wouldn't say comfortable because I don't know. When I go, I'm like, I can't find a wife here and I can't find new friends here that are going to push me forward. <laughs> so comfortable maybe in that I can just sit there and, you know, don't have to engage with that many people. I do with a few people that I am friends with, but it's not the same as what I would ideally be looking for. So I had to make that decision of like, okay, we're going to go to complete strangers because I do know most of the people at that young, group, young adult group. Now we're going to go to a bunch of strangers I don't know. I'm going to go and not know really what to do, how it's formatted for this first week. Going to be assigned to a table with guys I don't know who could be hopefully not too much older, you know, like 10 or 15 years would be good, but they could be like in their 70s or 80s. But I do think I could still learn probably more from them than the super young people. But that is an example of like, oh, man, that was not easy. But that was something I realized. From here, what do you listen to? Is it good music? How is it affecting how you think and talk? Is there anything you need to change? I think that one's a huge one. So much of us are listening to, to music and genres and songs that are probably not good and not helpful for you. As I mentioned with rap music, and it's not just rap music, there's so much music in every genre that have those themes, those bad words, the innuendos, like there's so much there that it really is worth like taking a pause and being like, what am I listening to? Have I seen how this has affected me? Has it helped me out? Or is it pushing me in a way that I don't really like? Where, you know, I listen to this music and 
my blood just boils and it makes me angry, but I'm angry at the time when I'm listening to it. So, ooh, it fuels me. It makes me feel good. When I'm angry, I listen to this. Well, do you want to keep getting angry? No, I think if you're angry, you should try to find ways to simmer yourself down, find healthy ways, like go out for a walk, go for a run, do something physical rather than mentally adding to the anger or whatever you're feeling the negative if it is a negative emotion like hmm maybe try not to do that and then the same thing with music what are you watching what should you not be watching are there any changes you can be making to this you know there's so much there both for me to keep mulling around and think about when it comes to all of these topics and really keep examining and re-examining where i am what i'm doing the things i'm doing and i think that's just how life goes like you're never gonna be like i figured it all out I am the best sponge I can be. <laughs> no, life is always changing, evolving. You are always changing, evolving, becoming a different person based on your surroundings, who you are around. So I think it is so important to take this episode as you keep going and keep thinking about it and just do these little checks every now and again, like, ooh, who am I hanging out with? Ooh, what am I listening to? Is this good for me? Is this pushing me forward? What do I want to do in my life and how can I get there? Well, what you're soaking up is gonna make a huge difference difference in that and if you're not making conscious decisions then you're soaking up all the garbage that's out there in the world i know that sounds like a lot like what you're just saying everything around me is garbage no but even if it's not garbage is this stuff you want in your life if you're just unconsciously going around <laughs> like there's so much you can be taking in and filling in and that is not good and things that you should not be doing and I would say so many people are just like wandering aimlessly around and soaking up whatever comes their way and they are ending up in the same place that they were before, or they're just, you know, like I said, aimlessly wandering around in life. And here at Fisher Philbrook The Show, and with what I'm doing and what I want to do, we need to be the opposite of that. Instead, I would urge you to place yourself in situations where you're able to soak up the beneficial things in your life, where you can improve your thoughts, your words, and your actions, and really where you can create the best life to live for yourself and with those around you. Because when you're around people that are pushing you forward, I feel like life is so much more fulfilling. You're pouring into them, they're pouring into you, and together you can go out and accomplish things that you never could have if you were back in those spots where you were, when you knew you probably shouldn't be here with these people right now. And I would say it won't be easy, but really are any of these good things in life easy? Nope, and there's a good reason for that. So go out and be encouraged, motivated, and inspired. You can make these changes and you can directly impact your own life and where you're headed starting today. And really my hope with Fisher Philbrick and this show is that this is something that will be able to push you in all of these good directions that you are wanting to go, that you can be encouraged, motivated, and inspired every time you listen to an episode. When you hear these small business owners on our business conversations, sharing their journey and their story and just really giving an honest look into how they got there, their encouragement. I think, you know, even as a listener myself, when I listen back, it is so like uplifting and upbuilding and like just going in a good direction. So I hope that is the same for you as you're listening to both this episode and really all the episodes we have so far, because it is my goal to be upbeat, positive, optimistic, everything that I'm saying, I am also working on in my own life and trying to live that out. So I do hope that it comes through in all these episodes and that you can leave this episode really just inspired of like, okay, so if we're going to soak up everything that's around us, like how can I put myself in these better spots 
so that I can be the best person I can be because I know you can do it and I'm excited to see where you go with all of this. With that, I'm gonna wish you a very great rest of your day and we will be speaking to you all very soon. Mm -hmm.